Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. seated, you may smile and be happy. My name is, praise God, oh, better. My name is Carlos Rodriguez. I am a friend of Pastor Travis for many years. I met him about 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago on a basketball court. I met him. We were both young kids in ministry and trying to help youth and help teenagers and um, my heart, my family and I, I'm here with my wife and my kids and we really have a heart for this church. We were at the very first service, at the launch service and we have a heart for this church. Why? Because we have a heart for, first and foremost for God. But second, we have a heart for, for Pastor Trevor. You know, we've had many of lunches, many of dinners, many of, of oh my God, how am I going to do these talks? You know, there's few people in your lives that you can have those talks with. How are we going to get this done talk? Oh, my God, my church is launching next week. How are we going to do this? And it's an honor when he gave me a call. Um, this church has a lot of great people in it. If you're in this church, you're an amazing person. God, I, want to, I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That God doesn't do things just because. You know how many times in our lives we say, oh, just because I, I wanted to do it at a whim. Just because. God doesn't work that way. If God did something, he planned it, he calculated, he made you how you are, he brought you here for a reason. You know, in this room, there's a lot of people that are dear to our hearts that have meant the world to us, so it's an honor to be here. If you got your Bibles or your U version or the screen, if you go to the Bible in the book of Matthew, Pastor Travis said, he told me this is the first sermon to a series on the power of your tongue, on speaking positive, on, on the on the power that we have in our mouths and I'm doing the first one and he, he'll take over from there and I, I it's this is an amazing thing that if we can learn if we can capture if we can truly understand what we're going to talk about not just me today what, what pastor is going to talk about the next two three four weeks lives will change many times in our lives we feel sometimes in certain areas maybe powerless Maybe like, man, how is this going to happen? And, and how is that going to happen? And how do I, I remember, I would tell my wife, we have a 16 and a 14-year-old. I remember, you know, my father wasn't there in my life. And I remember saying to her as a, small, as, as a younger uh, parent, I said, how do I become a father when I don't have one to show me? Like, you're supp- there's a pattern when, we, when you build furniture, there's instructions. Well, how difficult is it to build it with no instructions? Could you do it? Yes. Is it going to be long and hard? Yes. Are you going to like put something in the wrong spot and have to take it apart and redo it? Yes. But God can do anything. But I want you guys to try to understand what we're going to speak about today because you have an ability inside of you that can change the world. That can change your family. In the book of Matthew, the 8th chapter, verse 5 says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Pleading with him, a centurion is a soldier, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. 
The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. The Bible says that God has given each person here, all of us in this room and everyone in the world, God has given us a mighty power. They can change our lives, they can change our homes, they can change our families, they can change our futures, they can change evil, they can change circumstances, they can change anything. It's like a magic power. Every time I see on social media right now, everyone's talking about Avengers. You have an Avenger gift. You have a power inside of you that wasn't given to you by a comic book. It was given to you by God. You have a power inside of you that can change the course of nations, that is capable of starting Or ending wars. That is capable of bringing life or death to something. The Bible says that God has given us the power to change any situation. Think about that for example. For for a second. Think about that. This isn't just religious speak. You have inside of you the power to make things happen. In Proverbs 18 it says, The tongue has the power of life. And death. The tongue has the power. So there's this thing inside of us called a tongue. This tongue has the power of life and death. An average tongue is four inches long. An average one. Maybe yours is supernatural. It's, it's not average. It's above average. Maybe you have an under average one. I, I didn't measure all your tongues. But Google said, and Google is the most trustworthy thing in my life, next to Jesus. Google said that your tongue is approximately four inches long. So four inches has the power to change lives, to change destinies, to change futures. Your tongue, four inches, has the power, let me make it simple, to change someone's mood. Think about it. If you walk into a room upset, there's a chance the person with you might be upset. I've been married 18, 17, 18 years. How many little fights have we been in because I was mad? And now she's not, she wasn't mad. But she's mad because I'm mad. Like, why are you mad? Because you're mad. Like, you're mad because I'm mad? My mood changed the room. When I walk in the house upset, my kids are like, why are you upset? Their mood changed. I had the ability to change that room, to make it different. You have the power inside of you to change every room you walk into. Think about it. If you walk into your house with joy and happiness, there's a good possibility your house will be happy. If you walk into your house slamming things and upset and yelling and mad and cursing up a storm, you're not going to be treated with roses and and rose petals. There's a good chance you're going to get something thrown at you, at least in my house. Something's going to get thrown at me. Why? Because I changed the mood. Because my power had the ability to change things. My tongue had the ability to make whatever the room's temperature was to make it go real hot or make it go real cold. I changed it. The centurion said, Jesus, speak the word. He understood the power behind what Jesus said. Because Jesus told him, listen, I'll go to your house. He said, no, no, no. Don't come to my house. It's not worthy for you to come to my house. Just speak the word. He understood that if Jesus said something, that it was going to happen. That if Jesus said something about my life, Jesus was going to do it. 
It said something interesting in the verse. It said, we read in the beginning, it said, the, the soldier said to Jesus, my servant is at home paralyzed and in a terrible suffering. Many times in our lives, we are paralyzed and in terrible suffering. It might not be physically. Maybe we're suffering mentally, emotionally. Maybe we're, we're suffering with things from our past. Maybe it's something that happened to you. Maybe there's something that we're dealing with that we don't like to talk about. Maybe, there, maybe there's, there's low self-esteem issues or there's emotional issues. Maybe there's things that we're bringing along from our childhood. And he says here that even those things that are paralyzed in a terrible suffering, God can change with one, with one word. Meaning that no matter where you're at in your life, Things can change with one word. Think about what words can do. Well, if, you, if you're an employee and you have a boss and your boss says the word fired, that changed your life. Think about it. If you go to an interview and that gentleman or, or, or woman across the, the table from you says hired, one word, hired, it changed the way you, it changed the way you felt. You don't have money and you're going to go out to dinner that day. I got hired. Your life changes. If I look at my kids, I don't care if they're 16 and 14. They could be 24 and 34. My kids act like they're 4 and they're 6. If I say Disney changes everything. If I tell my wife, coach, it changes. And I'm talking about sports coach, the purse coach. It changes her smile. It changes the way she looks. It changes the way she acts. She's going to put extra seasoning in dinner that day. Like my house is going to be different. We, we, went, we were in Tampa yesterday. We came last night, and we did not go to an outlet. My wife loves outlets because outlets has a coach store. And, and, and that's still, she goes, but it's 50% off. It's still expensive. 50% of a million is still a lot. And, and we did not go to the coast store because we had to come back here because we had to preach here. And we did not go to the outlet store at all. We, we, we drove by. And I remember when we were driving by, they were looking at it, and it was like puppies, like, as we were driving by. For, like, the next 20 minutes, she didn't say anything. She was a little quiet. The mood changed in the car because my word said no. It changed the atmosphere in the car. My words can change things. So if we're going through something in our lives, if we understand that no matter what it is, that one word can change our atmosphere. There was a lady years ago at a church, and she would sit in the second row so where, where this young lady is at. But she would move a little bit over, and she would always leave that first row, that first seat empty. So basically it was empty spot and her spot. And she would sit there, and people thought she was crazy because whenever you tried to sit, and the church could be packed, and there was one spot available. Well, if you're seating somewhere, if you're an usher, if you're a greeter, and you're going to sit somewhere, and you do an analyzation of this situation, you say, well, that's the only sit I can, seat I can put someone in. She wouldn't let anyone sit. She would say, no, this is my husband's seat. And people were like, oh, is he in the bathroom? No, no, he's home. Like, what? This is my husband's seat. And forever, I don't care if the president was coming. I don't care if, if Jesus needed that seat. He was like, Father, I'm sorry, but this is my husband's seat. She would not give up that seat. Because she understood that in her mouth she had a power to create something that wasn't yet created. She had a power to change something that needed change but hadn't changed yet. If we all took a field trip to this specific church that I'm talking about, next to her is her real husband. Not the space anymore. Her real husband. It took some years. But she said, the power in my tongue 
is going to change my atmosphere. It's going to change my house. It's going to change my life. What you say changes everything. Why do many of our, of our children, of our teenagers, suffer from high or low self-esteem? Because of what they are or aren't getting at home. As being someone who was a youth pastor for 10 plus years, I've dealt with so many teenagers, so many kids, so many issues, and, and, and I see it, and I heard it, and now I try to apply it to my teenagers, and, and, and it's not easy. I pray, I, I pray for parents and pray for me, Jesus. I have three women running my house. Help me, Lord. And, and, and I've seen it so many times that as they come in and, and they would talk to me, they would say, Pastor, can you, can you help my daughter? Can you help my this? Can, can you help my son? And after we were talking and talking and talking, at the end of it, it comes from what they were being told or not told at home. What they were said and not said. Sometimes they needed love. There's a term called daddy issues. That just means that there wasn't a father to show love. That some of the things that, were, that, were, that should have been said weren't said. And it's been 15, 20 years later, we're affected by what the tongue said or didn't say. So inside of us, we have an ability to change lives. In verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. He said, Jesus, just, just say it and it will be done. Jesus spoke. And maybe you're saying, well, I'm not Jesus. You're not. I'm not. And now that we've been properly introduced, you can do some of the things that Jesus did. You, you have the, some of the same abilities that Jesus had. There are two things that I want to go through today. I want to make things practical. I want to make things easy. I want to make things, uh, have us to have the ability to do this what we're teaching because sometimes we'll say three keys to your faith and it says something crazy well how do I do that what we're going to talk about next are things we can apply what the two points that I want to go over right now are things that you can start doing today to the person next to you today that was horrible to the person next to you today today imagine if you need something changed in your life it could change today Today, not one day, today. Imagine if you prayed for things, we would all become the prayer warriors if this happened. But imagine if you prayed for something and God gave it to you today. That would be amazing. But I'm, I'm telling you what I know from many, many years of, of, of busting my head open in ministry. That God can change things today. In your house, in your life, and most importantly, in you. Because change starts in us. If I change, my house, my house will change. Think about it. How influential we are. Sometimes we miss how influential God has made us. If I'm in the car and I say we are going here, you know where they're going? Where here is. Because I made that decision. If I say we are going to a Cuban restaurant, what are they eating that day? Cuban. Because I made a decision. I know it just sounds silly and practical, but I made that decision. And because I made it, they're following so when I make a decision for life, the Bible says your tongue has life or, gives life or death. When I make a decision for life, it brings life to them as well. So what happens when the change needs to happen? If God can do it in me first, it will affect those around me. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 10. This is the first point that we can apply today. 
practical. We could do it right now. Before you walk out of here, you could start doing some of these things. The, the two things. The first thing, Proverbs 10. It's a very deep word. It's, a, it's very deep. I'm reading it from the NIV. It, it's two sentences, but if you really break it down, it, it has a lot into it. It says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. One more time. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. In the multitude of words, that means in a lot of words, sin is not lacking. Meaning, where there is a lot of words, there is a high probability that I might sin. There's a probability that I might say something I shouldn't say. When you speak a lot. So what is the very first point that I want to bring to you today? So there's many times or there's pastors that want to make break down words and want to break it down to its simplest form. And they'll say, well, in the Hebrew, it's this. In the Greek, it's this. Well, let me break it down to you to in an, an even deeper level. Let me give it to you in three separate languages. And you're going you're gonna to realize why I said languages. The first one, it's in English. It's a, it's, a, it's a language we've all mastered. And if we haven't, you'll master the second and the third. In the first one, the first practical thing that I need to do for the power of my tongue to be activated in my life is to shut up. It's to not speak so much. That's what the Bible just said. The Bible just said that when we speak a lot, we might get in trouble. Then when I speak a lot, I might say something I shouldn't say. Think about an argument. Think about in an, in an argument. When you're in an argument with your wife or your husband or a significant other, and you're, and you're speaking, and you really need to prove this point, and two of you have opposite points, there's a very good chance you're going to say something dumb, mainly the man. There's a very good chance we're going to hurt her feelings. And now you're apologizing for the first thing you did and the second thing you did. There's a good chance. So what's, it, let me break it down for you. In the English, I said, shut up. In the Cuban, which is a separate language, other than Spanish, it's, it usually it starts with a, a phrase. It could be chico. It could be people. It could be many different. I'm not Cuban. So part of my attempt to be Cuban, I lived in Miami my whole life, so I'm kind of Cuban. Chico, callate. Right? More or less? I grew up in a Nicaraguan household. I could do that one. I heard it my whole life. Right? So it's, it's not callate, it's callate. We, we, we just destroy the language. And it's like, yeah, te vas a callar. Or te me callas. Or callate vos. All of it means shut up. All of it means stop talking. Because when we talk, we make bad decisions. Sometimes we have good intentions, but we say too much. It's like in an interview. I've, I've, I've interviewed people. And I asked them, so tell me about your last job. And it starts with, well, I was there nine months. And they start going to how much they hated their boss. I wanted to know the nine months. Stop going. Take the, hit a U-turn. You're going too far. In the multitude of, of words, there's a chance I can sin. So I'm going to share with you guys a secret. This is not a ministry secret. This is not a religious secret. This is sort of a, a, it's, it's, it's a life hack. This is a secret that I've learned that took me many, many years. How do I know this secret? Because I failed at it for so many years. The first one is this. And this is, I want to say specifically to the men, but there's some women that it might, it might apply to. The first one is this. 
now you're not going to believe me. You're going to say, Pastor Trevor, he's up there speaking blasphemy. What he said wasn't even in the Bible because you're not going to believe me. But here's, here's the first one. You don't always have to be right. Some of you are like, what? You don't always, let me say that again because you didn't hear me. You don't always have to be right. In every conversation, here's the second one, ready? You don't always have to have the final word. Some of you are like, what do you mean? I am the final word. I've, I've, I've made our arguments super religious where I've told my wife, well, I am the man of this house. He's like, really? You're quoting scripture now? I go, I am the alpha and the omega of this. Like, no, 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 Jesus is. You were none of those things. I'll find a way to try to prove my point. And she's like, mm, no. And the more I try to prove the point, the bigger grave that I'm digging myself. That I have to sleep in that night with sand and dirt and a shovel. I don't always have to be right. Many times we let our ego, our pride, that feeling inside of us. Have you ever been disrespected? Disrespect is not an outward thing. It's an inward thing of a fire and a flame that goes up, your, up you here and then this. And it's like, did, I just, did he just say that? And you start to question life. Did he just say that to me? And you look around and there was no one else there but you. Was that to me? And, and it starts inside. And then when it goes to your throat, what comes out of your mouth is never praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because we said too much. Because we let that that was inside of us come out in anger. So the practical thing, the first one is, sometimes it's better just to be quiet. Sometimes it's better to say, you know what, you're right. Even if I don't think you're right, you're right. Okay. For years, for years, my wife and I, we got married very young. So when you get married young, it's dumb. And, and we, we made a lot of mistakes. And I was 17 years old when I got married, and which is... which. It's a beautiful story now. It was miserable starting our marriage. The first five years of our marriage was me trying to grow up and be a man. And, and it was hard for us. And many times when we would go into arguments, we would argue about everything because that's what kids do. Because we didn't realize that. I mean, we would argue this and that. And then she would just stay quiet. And that would get me more mad because we need to fight about this. And we need to discuss this. I love discussing. Let's discuss. And she would just stay quiet. And then half the time, she would walk away from the argument, which is even worse. What do you mean you're walking away from this argument? And she would walk away, and I'm like, no, we need to fight about this. And I'm like, I'm like no, 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 you're now, no, we're talking about this right now. And she would walk away from the argument. And then, in a little bit of time, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, somewhere days, I changed my mind. I'm like, how did she walk away and it made me change my mind. But when she was in front of me, I stayed with my mind like that. That's like, what magic, Jesus, what magic trick does she have that makes me change my mind? Because I know that it was the answer was yes. And she said no. And I was going to go to the grave with yes. And then magically, deliciously, like lucky charms, I just changed my mind. And now I'm like, no. And for years, I thought she was an avenger. And for years, I'm like, wow, she has spidey senses, and she is amazing. How does she do this? I'm like, what is her trick? When I was growing up, we, we didn't have Avengers. We had Power Rangers. I'm like, is she the green one or the red one? How, God? And then I, I learned what she does is, this is the trick. Well, some of you, this is a way for magic. She would walk away and go pray. I'm like, you're snitching to Jesus? 
we are not bringing Jesus into this fight. But she would bring Jesus into the fight, which is cheating. That's two on one, and that two is bigger than me. What do you mean? And she would go and pray. And she would say to me, years later, she would just, we had a conversation about it because this really interest, intrigued me. She said, I realize that I can change your mind in almost anything. The only person on planet Earth that can 90% of the time change my mind is there. She's been with me 20 years. There's nothing. There's, I'm stuck. She goes, but when that 10 hits that I can't, I'll pray. And God changes it. And I was like, like a little kid, I was just mad. I'm like, bro, what a snitch. I would just get, I would pout. What a snitch. She told Jesus. But she realized that she had a power in her mouth that could change another human's mind. That can change another human's perspective. Because think about it, if you're in an argument, it's because you believe you're right. Not because you want to argue. You believe with all your heart, this is the way we should go. This is what we should do. This is the answer. This is the way. And God changed it. She understood that there was a power in her mouth that could change any situation. Even somebody else's mind. I've learned that when I get upset, nothing good comes out of my mouth. I've learned that when I get cut off, especially in, 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 in a beautiful, beautiful areas, if we're going down south, somewhere on Kendall Drive, if I'm going more north, somewhere on 49th Street, if I get cut off, I don't speak like Jesus wants me to speak sometimes. I will just hold the horn for 30 seconds just to let them know that I'm here. Hello. I, I, don't, I don't always make the best decisions. My degrees don't make me make good decisions. The fact that I've been pastoring 16, 17 years doesn't make me make good decisions. It just makes me feel really bad when I'm done making the bad decisions. That doesn't make you any better or holier. When I get disrespected, I tend to not say the things I probably should say. So I've learned. So this first point, the reason I put it was because I knew that this was speaking to me. That I need to learn to sometimes stay quiet. And not make anything worse. My daughter has dad syndrome. My oldest daughter has my syndrome. We will fight you to the death on a subject. She has daddy syndrome. And the daddy syndrome is we're both the most hard-headed people on earth. We butt heads like, like, it's, like it's. I hear her and my wife just sit there with popcorn and tea and just watch the mess of us going at it. And sometimes I hear her and, I, and I'm like, wow, is that what I'm like? My wife's like, this is your mirror. This is what you're like. And I hear her and she feels like she needs to prove a point with sass and attitude. And I'm like, is that how my wife's like, yes, you. And, she, and I'm like, and I go to her, sometimes we'll just stop the argument. And I go to her, can, can we just talk for a second? Did you think that was going to change my mind? Like, this was not changing my mind. You sucking your teeth was not changing my mind. Like, I said to her, why don't you strategize? Like, come with love. Bobby, could I? You're 16, but I'll, I'll pretend you're four in two seconds. Bobby, could I? And that will change my heart. But your attitude isn't changing my mind. But I think about it, that's me, and I'm 35. I just whine to God. And I just whine to my wife. Because the power of your tongue can change anything. The second point, the first one is be quiet. Shut up with a little mean, right? Be quiet. You don't always have to be right. We don't always have to. We don't always have to say everything because you feel it. Doesn't mean you got to let it go. Hold it in. Reserve it. I've learned that. Sometimes I do want to say something, but it's, it's about timing. The right words at the wrong time can ruin it. The right words at the right time can make a difference. 
The second one, Luke 6.45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What does that mean? That you will only let out what is inside. Simple. The only thing that's going to come out of your mouth is what you have inside your heart. Simple. The verse says that we only speak what's in our heart. Many times when we say things, we'll say something and maybe we'll hurt someone's feelings. It was a little bit rude, right, when we let it go. It was, <laughs> I was just playing. Mm, no, you were upset. You got caught. But it's what you felt. Usually that first instinctive word is the first thing that we're thinking. So what it says is that I need to make sure what's in my heart is right so that when I speak, that's right. So how do I do that? I need to learn how to fill my heart with the things of God so that when I speak, I'm giving the things of God. If I have love, I give love. If I have joy, I give joy. You can't be really, really happy and, and at the same time really, really mad. It doesn't make any sense. You're either really happy or you're really mad. So I need to fill myself with the things of God. So how do I do that? We need to make God the center of our atmosphere. What does that mean? Think about what your atmosphere is. What is your atmosphere? This around you, this air that we breathe is our atmosphere. That's science class, fourth grade. Air, atmosphere. So if I make God my atmosphere, if I keep God in my atmosphere, then everything around me will be God. What's inside of me will be God. What I give others will be God. Do you know how hard it is to be really, really rude at a job interview? Think about it. Have you been in a job interview? You cross your legs properly at a job interview. You sit upright at a job interview. You don't sit that way anywhere else in this world. You sit like that in a job interview. You know how hard it is to be rude in there? You even think about polite etiquette words to say in a, in, a, in a job interview. Why? Because that atmosphere is a professional atmosphere. Therefore, you want to give professionalism. Well, if God is your atmosphere, then you could only give God. If I bring God into my atmosphere, so invite God into your, God's not just going to walk into your atmosphere. You've got to invite God into your atmosphere. Say, God, I invite you into my mind. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my family. I invite you into my, in, into my kids. I don't, need my, see, I don't need my kids to invite God into their atmosphere. I'll invite them for him. God, in, go into that atmosphere in their room behind that door. I invite you into their phone. I, I, it's, as the head of the house, I am the one that speaks life and death into my home and into my family. I say, God, I invite you into your atmosphere. Make your atmosphere one that God would enjoy being in. Think about a party. And I'm almost done. I'm wrapping up with this. Think about a party. When you have a party, you tailor it to the person you're inviting. If it's a six-year-old's party, your party is going to tend to be what a six-year-old want. If it's an adult party, your party will tend to be what adults want. So you tend, you get your party and you make it for that that you're expecting there. Correct? Makes sense. So if I want God in my heart, if I want God in my atmosphere, I have to make my atmosphere one that he will be happy to be inside of. One that he will be happy to be in. 
one that he would be happy to tell others about. Think about it. Think about a party. I've been to parties where it was graduation parties or birthday parties. And I say, Pastor, would you come to my party? And I was okay. My wife and I will go. We're not big for parties. I'm not going to be there two and a half hours. I'm just not. I'm a guy. I'm super shy, and I like to sit in corners and, and not talk to human beings. I, my, my, my wife says you're the most like you're the weirdest pastor in the world. You love people, but don't want to talk to them. I said, listen, hey, Jesus is working on me. I'm sorry. And and it's a process, right? And I'll go to parties, and they'll see me walk in, and I'll see the person at the party, look at the DJ, give him a wink, and the music changes. Like you don't have to change the music for me. Like people stand in front of the liquor. Like, you don't have to block it for me. I'm just another human being. Like, so think about that. Who are you inviting to your party? Is Jesus coming to the party called your life? Is Jesus in the party called your home? So here's the important thing about your atmosphere. When God is in your atmosphere, whatever's around you has the same atmosphere. So if this was polluted air, we're all breathing the same air, correct? If this is good air, we're all breathing that same good air. So if I have God in the atmosphere of my life, when I walk into a car, the car's atmosphere changes. God is welcome to that atmosphere. If I walk into Publix, God walks into Publix too. The atmosphere of God is in that place. We need to invite God into our atmosphere. We need to bring God and say, God, can you come into my life? Can you come into my atmosphere? So how do I do that? The things I watch, say, God, are you in that atmosphere? The things I say, the things I hear, the things that I bring into my life. I remember being a teenager. My mom would walk into my room, and I would turn down my music, and and my mom would say, and she didn't understand. My mom was speaking English, and my mom would say, Yay, ¿por qué bajaste la música? Why did you lower the music? Oh, no reason. She goes, you don't want me to hear it? Yes, that's the answer. I don't want you to hear it. Because my mom doesn't speak English, but she knows three, four key words. And if she heard those key words, I was in trouble. So think about it. So I, in other words, I didn't feel like that was an atmosphere that was suitable for my mother to be in. So I lowered the music. I was hiding that from her. But... If I had an atmosphere in my room that God was happy with, my mother, the neighbor, or any of you could have walked in. Because I'm proud of it. But I was hiding that from her. I was one way in front of my mom. Because I don't know, growing up as a, as, a, as a son of basically a single mother, my, my job was to never disappoint my mom. So she was always my standard of how I, how I was and what I, and what I spoke. And, and making her proud, especially coming as a teenager, making her proud was my goal. That was the only person that I looked up to. And I think about it now and the things that I kept from her and the things that I did and the things she found out about later. And I didn't have her best interest in my atmosphere. And I definitely didn't have God in my atmosphere. But I want to invite you to bring God into your atmosphere. Because when God's in your atmosphere, when you speak to something, life will come to it. Life will come in your home. Life will come in your children. Life will come into your grandchildren. The Bible says that your tongue has the power of life. But we don't like to hear the other side. And death. Meaning that I can give life to something or I can destroy something with what I say. Four inches can change my household, can change my family. I shared this this earlier. I went into a marriage retreat once and they said... 
tell your wife you love her because if you don't somebody else will I learned you know tell your kids you love them because if not especially if in, I have I have young ladies tell them dads tell them you love them because if not another man will and that one might not treat them as well as you do he might but he might not because my you're, you're if you worked for a boss who never said thank you but always told you what you did wrong you wouldn't work there very long why because he, he wasn't affirming you he wasn't motivating you he was hurting you he was putting you down our words can change anything and everything our words can change lives the first one and I repeat it before I go the first one Learn when to speak. Not every conversation is meant for you to join. Not everything needs a response. And the second point, bring God to your atmosphere. Bring God into your atmosphere, the atmosphere of your life, of your heart. Why? So that when you speak, God is the only thing that comes out. God's come out when you're talking to your kids, when you're talking to your, your children, when you're talking to your employees, when you're talking to your boss, when you're talking to anyone. If all you have is God, you can only give God. In this thing we call Christianity, sometimes we, we see a lot of bad examples of what we shouldn't do. Why not be the one that gives the example of what we should do? I pray that my kids, you know, not just hear what I say, but see my life that my life may be an example of what I should and shouldn't do. But most importantly, what I say and shouldn't say. I'm going to challenge you on this day to say, God, help me to be full of you so that all I have to give is you. I'm going to do two callings on this day. I believe there's the, the church has a, a prayer team. If you're sitting there, a couple of you, I invite you to come to the front. If you're sitting here now, and if not, I'll pray for everyone. If you're sitting here now and you're saying, God, I need your help, then let's keep it simple. Nothing too religious, nothing too hokey. God, I need your help. And I need your help. I'm not always making the right decisions. I'm not always saying the things I should say. I let my mouth get in front of, you know, what I should. And you need prayer. I want you to come to this front. Someone from the team is going to pray for you. And if not, I'm going to, I'll come down and pray for you. We'll pray for you. Because it's not easy. It's hard. But if you're in this place, I want you to come. I want to invite everyone to bow your head and close your eyes for a second. If you're in this place, and you say, God, can you help me? I want you to come to this front for a second for prayer. We just want to pray for you. Because everything makes sense for you now. When you walk out there, it might not be as easy. When someone cuts you off, it might not be that easy. When you get that text, it might not be that easy. When you get that phone call, it's not going to be that easy. But the, your mouth, see, I realize that in my mouth, I have a tongue. That if I don't keep in its cage, it can hurt people. That if I let it out of this cage at the wrong time, it can hurt someone's life. It can change someone's destiny. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen churches been hurt by pastors who say things they shouldn't say. I've seen people never trust Jesus again because somebody hurt them. 
And if you're here, you just need prayer one more time. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I want this, the team, the leaders to pray for you, and I'll pray for you as well. Because it's not going to be easy. And we're going to move on to the second calling. It's not easy. But say, God, I need your help. God, I trust you. God, I know that you're in control. And I don't understand sometimes, God, but I, I know that you do. Please help me. Please help me to keep you in my atmosphere. Please help me to speak what you want me to speak. Please help me to say what you want me to say. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray in our Father in Jesus' name. I come before you, Father God, lifting every person here. We ask you, God, that you may strengthen us. That you may help us. That you may instruct us. Let us remember you, Father God, before we act, before we speak. Don't let us hurt something or someone, Father God, and later have to deal with that regret. But help us to understand, my God, that you've given us four inches of power that can change anything and everyone around me. That if these four inches are wise, my life can change. My home can change. My family can change. My loved ones can change. My future can change. My kids' future can change. Father God, that if I use this tool right, I can change anything in my life. I give you praise and I give you glory and I thank you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The second calling, and I'm done right now. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. Is there anyone here? Can you drop these lights for a second, please? Is there anyone here? Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe you've never asked Him to come into your life. Everyone, please close your eyes. Bow your heads. Maybe you, you've never made that step to accept Jesus in your heart. If you're in this room, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down so that I can pray. From here, I will pray. If you're in this room real fast, and I don't know anyone in this room, you, you might all be members that come, have been coming from day one. I'm not sure. But if you're in this room and you say, God, I want to accept you in my heart, and you've never done it, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and immediately put it right back down and I'm going to pray and I'm handing over the mic. Is there anyone in this room? Anyone at all? It says, God, I invite you in my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Is there anyone that says, God, on this day I will make a decision for you? God bless you. Is there anyone? If you've made that decision, there's connect cards. If you need prayer, if you need any questions at all, these connect cards that Mikey spoke about earlier, it says right there that you, and, and, and you can fill it out. And at the end, you can put it in the boxes. And someone from the team will reach out to you. Someone from the team will say, well, we'll just help you in your path. I want to pray to bless you guys before I go. Father, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for every person here. I ask you, my God, that you may help every one of us be who you called us to be. Thank you for victory. Thank you for blessings. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you because you chose to be in our atmosphere. We give you praise and glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Give it up for our pastor for the day. What an awesome message, man. Thank you so much to you and your family for, for being here.
for us, for leading us this Sunday. We really do appreciate you guys, and give it up one more time for them. Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. This is the time of our service where we, we worship God through the privilege of being able to, to give our tithes and offerings to his ministry. And uh, just a few reminders. Remember, we did launch small groups, so if you're trying to get connected with that, look at the flyer. Try to find me or, or Sandy at the end of this service. And if you filled out a connection card, if you have a, a giving envelope, you can drop those off in the back on your way out in the boxes. And we have some ushers back there with some buckets as well. Um, the band has one more song for us, but before we get to that, let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for, for, for this service, God, for this opportunity to come together as brothers and sisters, God, and listen to your word, God. We pray that that in this time, that we, that the privilege that we have to worship you, Lord, through our tithes and offering, God, that you bless every single bit of it, Lord, that comes into your ministry, Lord, and it be used, God, to change this community, to change our world that we live in, God. Bless these families, Lord, as they go on with their Sunday and as they go on with their week, Father. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Everyone can stand up for this last song, please. Let's worship God this one last song as you go out to the week.
Thank you so much for joining us this Sunday. Have a great day. No